Welcome to the Texas Trailhead Podcast. I started hiking to help with my health, both mental and physical. And now I'm encouraging y'all to get out and enjoy the trails, the outdoors, camping, all that stuff that Texas and beyond has to offer. So join me, Danny Laurel, as I'm sharing stories from myself and others who enjoy the outdoors as well. So grab your backpack, put on your hiking shoes, and let's go on another adventure. This is the Texas Trailhead. When I was researching what to do in West Texas after Guadalupe Mountains, a lot of people were suggesting going to the Chihuahuan Desert Nature Center and Botanical Garden. And I added it to the list. I wasn't really sure what I was going to do, but because I was staying at the Davis Mountain State Park, the Chihuahuan Desert Nature Center is actually there. It's really close. It's it's just outside of the main square for uh, Davis Mountain State Park. And I figured, well, that's something I can do on the way out. This was in May, and a lot of the restrictions were still in place. One of the things was the visitor center was still closed. So in order to get admission, <laughs> you had to you had to do all your tickets online. And that really confused some people, especially the people that were in front of me in line. That took forever. Anyways, um, and thankfully, I was able to get just enough internet service at the Fort Davis State Park. And, and that was a whole thing. Um I was able to get tickets, so I was like, I'll just do this on my way back home. So I'm glad I did, because that Chihuahuan Desert Nature Center and Botanical Garden is definitely a gem in Fort Davis. So stay tuned to learn everything you need to know about the exhibits and what you can expect for hiking. Fort Davis will fill your mind with wonder just on history and the landscape. But delve deeper into what comes up from the ground at the Chihuahuan Desert Nature Center and Botanical Garden. Here, you'll experience amazing birding, learn history on the local mining, be amazed at the variety of cacti, and even get in some hiking. According to the website, the mission of the Chihuahuan Desert Research Institute is to promote public awareness, appreciation, and concern for nature, generally and the natural diversity of the Chihuahuan Desert region specifically, through education, the visitor experience, and through the support of research. So just from that, I mean, the biggest takeaway is they really want to educate the visitors on the the natural surroundings because West Texas, you forget a lot of that section of West Texas is the Chihuahuan Desert. And it's a really amazing ecosystem of all kinds of wildlife and plant life. And and as the, as the description said, you know, learning about all the different cacti that grow in the area too. So you can definitely spend a full day here just on the plant life alone. The Botanical Garden takes you through a wonderful lesson on West Texas plants. And depending on when you visit, you'll be in awe of different blossoms and blooms from the variety. If you want a little extra, then head into the Cactus and Succulent Collection. 
While the cacti on display are explicitly not for sale, there's signs everywhere that say that, they do have sales on occasion. So make sure you look out uh, for a little bit more information. Inside the uh, museum, they call it a museum, you'll be amazed at just how intricate the cactus and succulent varieties can be. The plants are all individually named and numbered, and each category uh, has some extra info, including history of the name itself. One of the cool things that's here is the Mining Heritage Exhibit. In front of the main area is a really fun and interactive exhibit that takes you through the day of the life of the mining operations that once filled this area. The exhibit includes machinery, a mining hall of fame, so to speak, even samples of what was being mined here. It's a really neat hands-on area that gives a glimpse into the hard work that the miners were doing to uh, acquire the materials. And there's a, a bunch of just different samples all throughout this section. So the Chihuahuan Desert Nature Center does have a little bit of hiking. And there are four main trails that can be hiked here. And they're accessible from the main parking lot. The trails here are natural paths, so make sure you're wearing comfortable footwear with a good grip. These areas can have loose gravel and jagged rocks. The trails include the Modesta Canyon Trail, which is a 1.75-mile loop, Clayton's Overlook, which is a one-and-a-half-mile loop, the Outside Loop, which is a full two-and-a-half miles. That's rated as strenuous. The Upper Loop, half a mile. Hummingbird and Butterfly Trail, which is 0.33 miles, and that's actually located in the Botanical Garden itself. The Nature Center does offer guided tours with a minimum of 10 participants. You will be able to tour one of the trails with a volunteer to explore the amazing beauty. All of the contact information will be in the description or head over to the Texas Trailhead website for more details. If you're thinking about visiting Seminole Canyon State Park and Historic Site, you're going to need to know a few things before you arrive. In this podcast episode, you'll learn about the camping, hiking, and some of the sites you'll expect to see at this amazing park in southwest Texas. The region of Texas just north of the Rio Grande is rich in history, politics, and culture. Along Highway 90, you can venture from areas close to the ocean and make your way into the Big Bend region. It's really a gateway of the true west. The Rio Grande is a mighty river that serves many purposes today, but the original inhabitants of Texas called it their home, and luckily for us, left some amazing relics for us to admire and respect to this day. The park is relatively close to the highway, so you're going to hear a little bit of road noise at night. You're in a ranch environment, so there aren't many trees to block out the sound. But pull off of the highway, and you'll drive down a narrow road towards the visitor center. Here you'll have your normal gift option, but stay a while and learn a little history of the park and the native inhabitants in the small museum and video room. The vast amount of history was very helpful to grasp a better understanding of the area that included its original inhabitants and how vital the ranching community was to this part of Texas. It also highlighted the significance of the railroad system that parallels Highway 90. The back of the visitor center has an epic window to the canyon that's definitely worth checking out, but more on that in the trails section. It's worth noting that cell service here is almost non-existent. 
AT&T apparently works best, but Verizon was unreliable with the exception of a few spots that picked up 3G. If making a phone call is a must, the visitor center will let you use the landline. Otherwise, you can drive 15 minutes to the nearest town in Comstock. There are two main camping areas at the park. Roadrunner Flat Primitive Camping Area and Desert Vista Camping Areas are the two you'll read on the map, but the areas are broken into two different loops. One loop near the Roadrunner Flat area was better suited for RVs, while the Desert Vista was better for both RVs and campers. For all of the campsites, there was only one restroom with a shower, but they were clean and spacious. The showers have one curtain that covers the entrance to the two showers, but each shower doesn't have any covering individually. There's also one light that controls each shower, and one bench that you can sit on to put your stuff down. It was a little interesting when I had to use the shower and somebody was kind of standing there with the lights off and I just walked in and like cranked the light on, not realizing he had it dark for a reason. And that was because there wasn't really anything covering the section of the shower he was in. Sorry, man. For as large as this park is, the campsites were minimal. And because this park is such a special place, that may be by design. And what I mean by that is just there wasn't a lot of camping available in this park. So right off the bat, if you want to do some hiking, you can hop onto a fun trail right behind the visitor center. The Windmill Nature Trail is 0.5 miles, and it takes you through some of the typical landscape you'll find throughout the park. But off in the distance, you'll get a glimpse of the canyon that gives this historic site its name. Before you get too lost in the landscape, you're greeted by Maker of Peace, an amazing sculpture created by Bill Worrell to document and tribute the desert archaic people as a way to give back the art they gave to us. It's a remarkable piece of work that forces us to take a moment and appreciate those that have come before us and whose lands we are enjoying today. Overall, there are six trails in total at Seminole Canyon State Park and Historic Site. You have the ADA Birding Trail, the Canyon Rim Trail, Middle Fork Trail, the Preza Overlook Trail, Rio Grande Trail, and the Windmill Nature Trail. The Windmill Nature Trail also has the windmill that it's named for, but when I was there, it had fallen. And you can see it, but it wasn't really kind of noticeable at first. You kind of had to look for it. Still cool, though. A quick note on the geography here. There are two canyons that you'll view at this park, Seminole Canyon and Preza Canyon. Preza feeds into Seminole, which then feeds into the Rio Grande. Also, Rio means river, so you don't need to say Rio Grande River. Just FYI. (laughs) I hear it all the time, and it drives me bananas. So here are some recommended routes. If you're feeling adventurous, then you must hike the Canyon Rim Trail. Start at the trailhead for the Rio Grande Trail, and about 0.45 miles down the road, you'll see the intersection for the Canyon Rim Trail, and also be able to view points of interests number three and four. Railroads were a very important part of this area, and you can see remnants of an old railroad bed crossing here, and in other sections of the park. Then continue on to number four on the list, which is Bridge to the Past. This bridge gives travelers a little safety walking over the rim, but also keeps you from disturbing some amazing relics just below. If you look closely, you can see two rock rings that may have been used for preparing food or making baskets. 
The trail here is fairly rustic, so there will be times when you won't see a trail marker or feel like you're going the right way. Because of the nature of this trail, you're hiking mostly on rocky limestone terrain. So stay along close to the canyon and you'll be fine. The trail markers are there, so keep an eye out. It got me kind of nervous when I was hiking on it because I just was realizing I wasn't really sure where I was going. But because of the name of the trail, I just stayed close to the opening and eventually you saw the other trail markers. So a little confusing, a little kind of skittish, but it was totally fine. The Canyon Rim Trail one way is 4.9 miles, so if you don't feel like making your way to the Rio Grande, you can opt for a shortcut on the Preza Overlook Trail. Here you'll find point of interest number five, the Preza Canyon Overlook. The intersection of the two canyons is a geological wonder and a great place to pause to catch your breath. Water through the canyon isn't always reliable, but you'll definitely be in awe of the carved rock and the views of the inner canyon. If you're lucky, you may see some sheep traversing the rocky terrain like I did. This is a great connector trail if you want to do a shorter loop, but if you're looking for a medium-sized loop, then make your way to the Middle Fork Trail. This will take you back to the Rio Grande Trail, and you can take that south to the water or back up to the original trailhead. So here's some more info on the Rio Grande Trail and the Panther Cave Overlook. The Rio Grande Trail is fairly flat, but this is the main trail to take to the river. It does intersect with the Canyon Rim Trail, which can be a little confusing, but just continue to the canyon. There will be multiple rest areas along the way, and two relatively close to another as you approach. The ranger at the visitor center was awesome, and when I was checking in, she noted a new pathway from each of the covered sections, and it was a great place to walk around and take in the views of the water and points of interest number six and seven. Point of interest seven is the view of the Rio Grande, and it's amazing to look at and imagine the different cultures that utilize this water. But six is another artistic site. Across from the Seminole Canyon is the Panther Cave, a section only accessible by boat. This is a historic cave painting of a panther with a curved tail. You have to stare a bit past the trees, but you'll see it towards the top of the cave. Or you'll just take pictures of what you think is the Panther Canyon and realize when you're looking at the photos, you are pointing in the wrong direction, but then you'll see it at the top and <laughs> realize where it is. Spend some time and walk around up here and admire the ecosystem below. Green plants, the water, the animal tracks in the mud, a glorious sight to sit and admire. And this is also the edge of the park and pretty much the edge of Texas. So you'll be able to look across the Rio Grande and just enjoy the vast landscape and the beauty that this area of Texas offers. All right. So a lot of people are going to come for the Fate Bell Pictograph site. Fate Bell isn't a trail, but this pictograph site is a huge part of why visitors come to this park. The cave drawings are only visible by reserving a guided tour and times will vary. September 15th through May 15th, tours are Wednesday through Sunday at 10 a.m. and 3 p.m. May 16th through September 14th, tours are Wednesday through Sunday at 10 a.m. only. It's definitely hot in this part of Texas during the summer. There is a fee for the tour, but the guide will give plenty of information about the area of the park, the cave art, and the inhabitants of the area. You'll be taken to two different sites that feature what's still visible, but there are parts of the art that haven't stayed as much intact. 
For a long time, these shelters were unprotected. So over the years, amateur historians and artists would visit to see the works up close. But this also allowed vandals to visit as well. Fortunately for us, there were some amazing watercolors done that documented the artwork in its early days. And this is what you'll see kind of throughout the museum and some of the signs that are in front of the caves themselves. And I'll give full descriptions to who did that artwork in the description because I definitely recommend y'all looking into it. It's awesome. All right. So my overall impressions of Seminole Canyon State Park were pretty awesome. The rustic terrain, the history of the lands, and the number of trails make this park visit-worthy for sure. There's plenty to see at the park, but also the Amistad National Recreation Areas are nearby, and this entire region is rich in its landscape and culture. This park is a true gem to enjoy some outdoor space and soak up the vastness of geological wonders that are throughout. I hope you make your way down to Seminole Canyon State Park and historic site. It was definitely one of my favorite places to camp and spend time outdoors. And with the aforementioned lack of cell service, I really forced myself to finally just unplug a little bit and enjoy nature and kind of what it had to offer. The hiking was amazing. The terrain was semi-challenging in part, so that made it pretty fun. And then going to see the Rio Grande was impressive all on its own. Like I would recommend this park just to go see that. So make your way down there off of Highway 90. Full directions and recap in the description below.
Thanks for listening to another episode of the Texas Trailhead Podcast. If you like what you heard, please let me know by leaving feedback on Apple iTunes or wherever you listen to this podcast. You can also support this podcast with a small monthly donation to help sustain future episodes. You can find this on anchor.fm and just search the Texas Trailhead. Still looking for more? Click the links below to find the website, Facebook page, and see pictures from the outdoors on my Instagram page. So until next time, grab your backpack, put on your hiking shoes, and let's go out on another adventure. This is the Texas Trailhead.